The interview for this episode ran much longer than any of us intended, but it was so good that we just kept going. We've cut it into two episodes. The first covers prepping as a single parent, and the second involves the number of preppers that are moving out of highly restrictive, even oppressive blue states going to red states where we can still enjoy our liberties. We'll get into the interview when we come back. Welcome to the Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Our guest this evening is a prepper. She is an author. She is a radio host. And she is a podcaster. She is the author of the book series, A Great State. And she is co-host of Prepping 2.0. And if you haven't guessed already, Shelby Gallagher is our guest tonight. Shelby, welcome to the episode. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you for coming on. And what we want to do with Shelby tonight, because of her background, she was a single parent and a prepper for a number of years. She has also moved across the state as a prepper. So we first want to start with the single mother, the concerns of a single mother prepping And Krista has some ideas on that. And so I'll just sit back and let the two of you go at these questions. Well, thank you very much. And welcome, Shelby. We're glad that you are with us on the podcast. And uh, forgive me, I've got a little bit of a a throat. So if I sound a little scratchy and rough, I'm just going to sound scratchy and rough. But anywho, we're delighted that you're here. And we did want to get your take on uh, some tips and some lessons you've learned along the way, what it's like to address the challenges of being a responsible prepper and a challenged parent when it comes to, you know, being a single mom and having children to raise. So, you know, why don't you just begin and maybe just whatever you want to share, tell us your story, share with us any of the things that you've learned along the way that helped you out. You bet. So if you've read my book series, I wrote it from the perspective, the main character is a single mom who realizes that she needs to start prepping because she's seeing things fall apart very much. Sadly, what we're seeing kind of right now. Mm. And I remember at the time I lived in Portland, Oregon. I know, I know it was better then, but not by much. It's it's (laughs) gotten a whole lot worse since I left. (laughs) You left. That was a good thing. Portland was such a nice town. If you live in a high density urban city, get out. Mm. And if you, and that's one thing you can do. And we'll talk about that. I know, but I was really struck by as a single mom at the time. And I was, I was very, those first few chapters of the first book are very much my experience where I'm, I'm everything. I'm always a little scared. I feel like things are going to fall apart pretty soon. And where I lived in Portland, there were riots uh, well, here's a, a good perspective. We all remember this summer, last summer or this summer of the George Floyd riots and all the statues were coming down. And one of those statues was the George Washington statue 
in Portland, Oregon, and that made the news all over the place. That statue and the riot that was around it was only a few blocks from my home. Oh, that was how close that mm-hmm. was. So that close. the fear was real, and and if you don't have that kind of fear living in a city, you should have at least a deep concern because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just places of violence and overrun by crime. So as a single mom living kind of in that environment several years ago, I became a prepper very much like I explained in the book, using the same mindset that couponers, back when you could actually, coupons were actually a good idea, and use that mentality of if you're into extreme couponing, which I was, which is stockpiling, using the value, the sale item that you get, you know, a super, super good deal on things like, I don't know, cough medicine, ramen noodles, things like that, that are very shelf stable and that you can stockpile away and you save. And where you end up saving money is that you've stockpiled the value that you managed to save. And that goes, marries really well with a prepping lifestyle. And so I was already doing couponing and then I suddenly started doing more and more. I'm going to coupon for things that are good for prepping, stocking up. And and that's very much my story. So I still do that. I still look for good deals. That the, the coupon couponing with this current economic situation that we're in is just kind of it's you're not going to find those killer deals anymore. You're not. But the, mm-hmm. I still think it's a good idea as much as you can. And when you see a good deal on something, get it and get extras of it. There's there's definitely that. I think looking back, reflecting, especially when I was a single parent, the kind of really what drives you is fear. I hate to say it. I don't like to admit that. But your fear that if this goes sideways, it lands on me. If this mm-hmm. doesn't go right, I'm where the buck stops for these little lives that I'm in charge of. Mm -hmm. And um, that drives you a lot. And, and so that, and putting couponing and prepping together, that's what kept me going. And, and here's where I, I want people to have hope. If you're a single mom and you have pulled up your bootstraps and you're working the two or three jobs, I was working too. And you're, and you're burning the candle at both ends. That's, the mentality and the resourcefulness that that will create in you that naturally does create in you, you're, you're 10 steps ahead of most people. You already have a mentality of being a survivor and a striver that will take you a lot further than people who haven't had to be motivated by fear. I, I hate to say it, but I looking back now, cause I don't live in that fear obviously anymore. I'm for those of you who don't know, I'm married to Glenn Tate, the author of the 299 days book series and my, Situation has improved greatly, I will say, but your catalyst for change in your life will carry you further than so much more people who have have never had that experience. So does that help? Did I get, did I get the question answered? Oh, yes, I think so. Because we've got single mothers and some single fathers who have the very same challenges, a single parent. And what they want to hear is that their feeling of preparedness is normal And that fear, a a form of that fear, definitely motivates, but it it, it's it's just the way to get started because they're not gonna put their head in the sand and think that they're gonna live in a Pollyanna world where nothing bad ever happens, no tires ever go flat, no battery ever dies, no shelves at the store ever go empty. And sadly, there are some people out there that are still kind of in that mode of, mm-hmm. look, I'm not really that concerned. Uh, you know, and we, we in America, more than any other nation, have lived with an abundance of resources. 
And so to hear a single parent realize that, you know, sometimes it's not that easy. And sometimes I've got to do the hard things. And sometimes I have to sacrifice, go without in order for my children to do well. But what you've also described is a great example for your children to teach them at a young age that they too can be resourceful. They can learn some age appropriate skills. They can understand what it means to do without something waiting for something better, you know, to come along. And guess what? They'll survive. You know, they will live through this hard time. And I think another thing there is the single parent out there that they feel like they're standing at the foot of Mount Everest looking up. It's good to hear somebody that got to the summit, somebody that got prepared, somebody that took it one step at a time, one can at a time, one box <laughs> of food at a time. And one of the things that we do in, in encouraging people to get started prepping, especially if they're on a limited budget, when you go to the grocery store, buy two items. Just buy two additional items and set those aside. And in, what, a year, if you go once a week, you would have 104 canned items or items and in our case, it would be, and our listeners know, it would be spaghetti, spaghetti, and spaghetti. <laughs> I love spaghetti. <laughs> that, that's her favorite thing. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and if I can, what I would do is exactly that. I would buy extra of this. And if I went to Costco, I would buy an extra $10 of something. And that's hard to do at Costco because I call that place the $200 club. But mm-hmm. if I went to Costco, I would. so that would be like, one of their multi-can packages of tuna right, or chicken mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or something that's shelf-stable, and I would b- spend an extra $10. And that may mean I have to take $10 of something that, away from me or something else, but yes, any, it's not hard. Just buy a little extra each time and grab the little circular when you go in the store and see what canned items are on sale. Exactly. And try and get, get a deal if you can. Absolutely. And it's not sexy. No, it's not. It's not pretty. It's, it's, it's just practical. It's very practical. And you're going to feel very alone. You already do as a single parent. You just, you're, it's a lonely existence. And I get that. Mm-hmm. And you just know that doing these things that we talk about today, they're not sexy. They're not fun. No one's going to know some. No one's going to give you a gold medal. But doggone it, it's going to save you in the end. It really is. Mm-hmm. And that's the message we try to push on to folks that are trying to understand preparedness is that what we're trying to do is pull the panic out from you when you know things are going to happen. And we've seen since the pandemic and since the, re- the ongoing recovery from the pandemic, our, our grocery stores and our uh, supply chain has not fully recovered. It's really not back. In fact, it's kind of Back where it was it worse in some cases and so we have we have the benefit of being able to say well we're we have enough stockpiled that we're not panicking when the store is out because we're not out our and, basic you know. re, our basic reaction when the covid uh, lockdowns now i still had to go to work because of being a in law enforcement but sitting home, I think we were at home on my off days, those first few days. And our only real question was, do you want another cup of coffee? I mean, right. we didn't have to go anywhere. 
So that's why I think two people like to reach out to us because they know that we want to give them some practical, yeah. practical prepping advice, practical preparedness tips, and to help people realize that every one of us has some kind of a story. Every one yep. of us has been behind the eight ball at some point in our lives. And uh, some of us have been behind great big mountains and have had to yeah. scale some things. And prepping actually helps a great deal. It does. It's Yeah, you're right. It's not the, the coolest, grievous thing people can do, but it certainly is important. It's no less important. And, it's- you know. I I was going to say, it's interesting. I was asked by another host at when I, when my first books came out, when my, gosh, when my books first came out, I haven't had enough coffee this evening. (laughs) If you're a prepper, doesn't that mean you're afraid that you're scared or, and I said, no, actually the more I prep, the less afraid I feel. I feel like I am more each time, the more I grow this, and I've been doing this a long time. So I, I know it's, I'm not a beginner, but I'm, there's always things I can do, but um, I, the more I'm prepared, just like you just described, like during COVID, Glenn and I had a discussion, like we're pretty set. There might be a a couple things here and there that we might need to get, but we weren't panicking, which was great. Mm -hmm. And it makes you less and less afraid. So if give, I want to give people that message that there's hope in that too. The more you do it, the more you buy that extra $10 of food, that extra can that or whatever, each time it'll make you feel less and less concerned and worried about what's going on. And I will say to add to what you were just saying too, yes, this all started out as COVID. I think all it did was pivot from COVID to um, the current inflation crisis. COVID caused all this and we're just kind of it's just kind of conti- a continuation, and it could turn into something else. It was COVID a couple of years ago, but it just turned into inflation, mm-hmm. supply chain, and collapse. It's a collapse, folks. We're in it. Yeah. And I, I don't see it being a short-term thing, even from yeah. here. No, it's not going to be over by Christmas like some people are hoping. No. I think there's still going to be a tremendous amount of um, wake-up calls that still I don't know what it's going to take, but I think what this will do is going, it will get Americans more than anyone to kind of wake up to this reality and realize that it's not a paranoid delusion to be a prepared person. It's Well, I it's think smart. every household in America today has a 48-roll toilet tissue pack stuck back in the corner somewhere. So here's an interesting fact for you. In October of 2020, so like a year and a half ago or so, there was a study that was done. And Glenn Beck, if you want to go back and listen to his stuff back that far, um, he's where we got that information. We shared it at a, Glenn and I shared at a prepping conference at the time. Now, that was right before the election and, Mm -hmm. and things were always tense and COVID was happening still. Glenn Beck from an a not typically political pollster organization showed that 52% of the 52% of the American population had taken up prepping since COVID during that time in fear of more COVID lockdowns. And we saw some more of those after Mm -hmm. that time and political and election violence. Mm -hmm. 52%. That's astonishing. So if somebody says you're crazy, Nope. Nope. You're <laughs> no. the preppers are in the majority. Right. Exactly. And mm-hmm. it's and, and but now that does not mean we're not crazy. No. 
Well, some, I mean, no. being crazy oh, yeah. helps to go through life. There are some entertaining, especially in my line of work. <laughs> well, and I, but I do think that the majority of listeners, and we have listeners that are tuning in literally from all over the world, just like with your podcast. Mm-hmm. Same here. Yeah, they're sharing interesting, different takes on what their idea. And how they can prep, maybe in a nation that's not as liberty-loving as ours, that some of these people are calling and and emailing from countries that are under severe, almost tyranny, really, in a way. But they're trying to do what they can, where they are, to brace against, you know, the known predictable economy problems and supply problems. We had one emailed a few weeks ago and said, Having a gun is absolutely out of the question here, and I can't even carry a pocket knife that's much bigger than a pen knife. How are some of the ways that I could protect myself? Mm. And that was in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. And you stop and think about it. Most of us carry a, most guys or a lot of guys carry a pocket knife that's longer than what he's allowed to have anyway, mm-hmm. much less a folder or a fixed blade or anything like that. Right. Exactly. So let me let me offer my perspective on that because I agree with you. So before, again, if you read my books, you're, it's very autobiographical. I I didn't come into the gun world until much later in life, and I remember well. And I have small kids, so that adds a whole nother layer. When you mm-hmm. have small kids and you you can't just have your guns laying around the house, so you and you shouldn't anyway. But you shouldn't have. They need to be extra ten more steps locked up. And I remember there was something creepy happening around my house and I had to leave the house. And my kids were kind of small at the time. My oldest was like 11 or 12. And and I'm not going to arm them. I'm not going to give them a knife. That's just, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Two young boys fighting and wrestling around and then they get a bright idea to pull a knife out. No, we're not going to do that. I taught them and I put at every door in my house a steel bat. Mm-hmm. And oh. the instructions were, and, and so if you can't have weapons, folks, go get a bat and, mm-hmm. or two or three. And the instructions were when I had to go to work and couldn't find a babysitter and couldn't afford a babysitter was if somebody comes through that door that you, which should be nobody, you swing until they go down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you go to the neighbors and call for, call for help. You mm-hmm. swing until they go down. My <laughs> granddaughter I- went to college and she was not allowed to have a weapon there. And mm-hmm. so she took her favorite softball bat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it sat right there beside her bed. And she said, Papa, I will knock a homer if somebody comes in. <laughs> Absolutely. And they're yeah. not expecting it, especially, I mean, think about when somebody's coming in a door, there's generally going to be some testing. They're going to try the mm-hmm. door. That is your, that's your extra few seconds to grab that thing and be ready so that as soon as you see their face, they're gone. Mm-hmm. You have the element of surprise in that. So yes, it's, well, it's sad when we hear about countries that can't have second amendment rights like we do like we enjoy that we need to preserve and same for knives then okay then and this is again me as a single mom if someone's breaching that door and i can't get a what nearby is it the biggest heaviest sharpest bulkiest something i can land on their face or up, you know upper chin sort of a thing to just land a, a knockout blow once it's going to be the fireplace poker. It's going to be the pot, the pan that I see across from me. It's going to be, think of all of the, everything can become a weapon, but, but it's a mindset. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. It and is I, a mindset. Yeah. 
I would add there, stand on the side of the door opposite of the hinges. Yep. Then you don't have the door between you and the person. (laughs) Absolutely. So when they swing the door open about halfway, the nose makes a very good target. Yep. Right here. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, people, people of any age ought to feel like they have a right to defend themselves against a threat. They do. But there's there's places where you're being made to feel like you don't have the right to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't happen in Alabama. <laughs> but doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. happen where I live either, uh-uh. let mm-hmm. me tell you. But you know, there are people that defend themselves and they would have been killed had they not defended themselves and they wind up going to jail. Happens almost every day. Mm-hmm. Almost every day. Absolutely. And yeah. especially in blue, liberally run states, you do need mm-hmm. to question your, you know, you think of Carl, Kyle Rittenhouse, that that kid, mm-hmm. his gun skills are e- enviable. Mm-hmm. And how he handled himself in such a pressurized situation was amazing. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, he's in Wisconsin. I don't yeah. know how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. And luckily it was a little bit of a purple judge, purple judge, slightly red judge that saved the day and, and, a, and a decent jury. But man, if you live in a liberal blue state, you need to, you need to, that's yeah. one of the considerations you need to think about. And I know we're going to talk about that here soon, but mm-hmm. my goodness. Yeah. Then you need to go to prepping 2.0 and go to the Red State Realtors. <laughs> Absolutely. Redstate-realtors.com. And mm. those are real estate agents that we have found in red states to help you move there, which is a great service. Mm-hmm. It's terrific. You know, I, I, that when, when y'all announced that, I thought that is a fantastic idea. And I know why no one will do a blue state realtor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's they just, yeah. They don't need our help. <laughs> right. Nobody wants to move to the blue state. Well, you know, that certainly begs the question for those who are in preparedness lifestyles that are in an extremely blue state. And, you know, I've five come to mind. What can someone with more conservative values do as as a prepper and if they feel like at their current situation, they're really not able to transplant where they are or what they do or whatever their life circumstances, maybe they aren't able to escape, as it were, the urban setting. And yep. how would they effectively, you know, adopt a prepper lifestyle? Should they advertise it? Should they keep it a secret? What are you thinking? I have an example on that, of Glenn and I, and then I'll, I'll answer that question. Glenn and I both lived in, and you heard me, Portland, we both lived in deep blue urban cities. And and he was from Washington. I was from Oregon. We moved to a very, very rural part of Western Washington outside the city, far away from everybody. The problem is, is even though you're in a rural area in a blue state, those silly state laws that come from these blue, we still had to do lockdowns and we lived in the forest. Oh, my mm-hmm. word. You know, that the state regulations still have to come and hit you. And our local law enforcement is hamstrung by those. The defund the police thing became, you know, when um, Mm -hmm. in the state of Washington, they said basically said that police can't pursue bad guys. Well, that affects my community in a little tiny town in western Washington. So we so what was interesting is we thought we moved to a purplish place in, in a 
blue state and we realized we need to move to red state. And there was a big sacrifice with that. We've, we've taken, it was, it was hard. It was hard to do that. So mm -hmm. I, I get it. If you have to stay, can I, here's my plea to you, put together a two or three to five year plan to get out. When you retire, when that thing that is keeping you there expires, mm -hmm. have the plan in place to get out because it is not going to get any worse. The state of Washington, for example, is just now talking about um, giving up mask mandates. I haven't worn a mask um, in public for over a year since I've lived now in a, in a red state. Mm -hmm. My kid doesn't have to get a shot to play football on the high school football team. Mm -hmm. A shot that um, historically, actually, the facts are there has killed more teenagers than have died from COVID. Oh, right. my yeah. yeah. So these are the things that you can escape from. So if you can't get out, that is my plea. So if you have to stay, you can't tell anyone that you're a prepper. You cannot because you will be targeted. Yes. You're, if someone knows that you have food stores, if someone knows that you have firearms, your home, your, you will be targeted. Oh my. If and this gets any worse, I mm. can't say it. I cannot stress it enough. And I tell people that if you're in that kind of a situation, wherever you are, if you are prepped and the Schumer hits the fan <laughs> and folks are struggling to eat and they're having food lines and they're passing out food boxes, you look like everybody else. Don't you go down there looking great and clean and all that. You look like everybody else and you go stand in that line with them and you're trying to figure out what's going on and how are we going to make it? Yeah, you've got to absolutely. You've got to look like because you can if eat. if yeah. you're all fat and clean, and by the way, don't gain weight during that situation. <laughs> you've got the nope. food. Yeah. Now we we dealt with yeah. the COVID twenty, but mm. you know the twenty that we put on during COVID. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> you don't want to put it on after Schumer hits the fan. Well, and let me and let me add this if I can too. If you do live in one of those states and you can't get out, you need to also have in place some place to go to. Mm -hmm. And I do and I talk about this a lot in my books because my single mom character is sitting in the city and this was me sitting in the city of Portland going, when is a riot going to get too close to me? And I and I had mapped out in my mind when it gets too close. I'm so glad I didn't live there at the time, but that George Washington statue coming down that I would have bugged out. Mm -hmm. I would have, because yeah. that's dangerous. That is just dangerous. Mm -hmm. And have in your mind, what's kind of your tripping point? I need to get out of the city for a weekend, for a week. We just, I know a lot of people who got out of Portland. A lot of people got out of blue states. Tell you what, Airbnb boomed during COVID because people were yes. getting out of the cities. They got out of where the riots were happening. So have a bug out place. And I don't think Airbnb is your answer. I'm just going to put that out there. Have a place that you have prepped, that you've teamed up with someone to go to for a short amount of time. I told there was a couple of friends of mine that are preppers. I said, you can come here for, you know, a few weeks or a month or so. And we would kind of negotiate a timeline. But you need to have a place so that when if things get violent, which um, I'm starting to in my newsfeed see that there, we could have another George, George Floyd kind of a summer. And I don't know what over except it's an election year. So there's that. What else was that? I was going to add something else. I, mean, I can't remember. I was going to add something else, but I don't remember. So we'll think about it later. <laughs> well, you know, that is very good advice, too. And I think a lot of folks that are beginning to adopt that preparedness and prepping lifestyle, 
I think they're doing exactly what you've done. I think they're doing exactly that same thing. If they're not leaving or planning their leave now, they're planning, they've got that two, three, four, five year plan. They, they're already beginning to think about, I can't, I I will not live the rest of my life this way and in this setting. And I think what's happening more and more people because of COVID, which actually has nothing to do with prepping, this is what I'm about to tell you as a statistic that I was reading that COVID caused a lot of folks who were urban to go ahead and buy the house because they found out after long last that the company they work for actually will allow them to work remotely. And so Absolutely. some of these people were living in high-rise apartments and then shuttling off to a big high-rise office every day and then come to find out the lockdown proved they didn't need to be there. And so and in, in the entire Southeast where we're living, the housing market is booming off the charts. And I mean, we're talking building houses, new houses, renting houses. And I'm in the home interiors business as a job and the phone's ringing off the hook. I mean, it's all we can do to, to meet all the need. And so a lot of folks are moving to this area. They like the two-way friendliness of our area. They like the lifestyle. They like the escape from nonsense. (laughs) Being a county deputy, we're out in the rural areas. I mean, we cover everything outside a city limit. And I think we're losing a cornfield. And up here, I'm not talking a five-acre cornfield. I'm talking a 200-acre cornfield. Or cotton and, or soy. And we're losing mm-hmm. a cornfield about every 10 days to two weeks. Mm-hmm. Just That's how, many, how much building is going on in our area. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've heard they expect another five or 6,000 jobs in here next year. Yeah, it's booming. So it's booming. anyway. That's happening. Here's where I want to give people hope. You're not crazy for wanting to move to a red state. You know why? Because the whole country, we, you were saying that earlier. A lot of people are doing the same thing and COVID did exactly that. Taught us all that so many of us can work remotely. So here's, I think, another good nugget to that. Blue people are staying in blue states just moving to rural communities. Mm-hmm. People um, who are red like us are going, no, we're going to go to a redder place. So redder states are becoming redder. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not just blowing smoke here. This is the, the demographics tell us that bluer states are getting bluer. The red communities within blue states are going to start turning more blue. And here's a good example. When, in Western Washington, we lived on a beautiful five-acre, forested, very private, one way in, one way out. We knew our neighbors. And some Microsoft guru executive moved his family from the heart of darkness in Seattle because we had good, we could get good internet and moved him there because he could work at home remotely and the kids could go to a country school and they're very blue. It was a little difficult to give up our beautiful property (laughs) to such folks, but that, but they're staying within their blue state and they're staying, they don't want to go to red states because they're not going to be amongst their own people They're just moving to the country, whereas people like us, we're going to go where we can have our our two-way rights, we can have our freedoms, and this is happening everywhere. Same in Montana. The the housing market is insane. The building market is insane. Supply chain stuff affects all of that, and it gives 
while I while the prices are a little bit scary and, and alarming, it gives me hope that the red states will stay red, will stay true to the Constitution, because when this gets worse and worse and worse, we will fare better living in red states than blue mm -hmm. states. And your governor is going to protect you from the garbage that's coming down from the federal government. Whereas if you mm -hmm. live in a blue state, your governor is working hand in hand with our current administration to make this thing accelerate. Yeah, they were statistically talking about the differences of the administrations of blue governors versus red governors. And all the blue governors turned out to be, you know, tyrants, mm -hmm. criminals, dis despots. And the red yep. governors were the ones that were kind of speaking the truth and supporting the people and standing in the gap to keep the federal government off people's back because that's the idea of the Constitution. And Absolutely. that the state governments are supposed to uphold the rights of the people and not strip the rights of the people. And, and, uh, COVID certainly, you know, upended a lot of folks because that it, it made people feel like criminals for wanting to express their Liberty. And they got a lot of blowback from that because you're accused now. Oh, you, you don't care about the health of people or so listen, right. everybody, you know, it, everybody can at some point or another, and, and Mark and I both have had and recovered from COVID and thank goodness it was not a very serious case, but point being at how in the world has this one novel virus upended the political machine when no other virus bacteria or germ has ever had such political strength i mean what in the hen house is going on and i guess that's because i began to realize that it needed to be used as a training device and it's been used as a training device. And I think a lot of people refuse to see that. Yep. They refuse to accept the fact that they will blindly follow some authority's word to do, here, here, jump this high. You can't go here. You can't go there. This is essential. That's not essential. And so on and so on. It got stupid. And it's still stupid. Um, I'm so thankful to hear that the airlines have dropped their mask mandate today. I mean, people are cheering, you know, because that oh, yeah. caused a lot of problems, you know, and, and, uh, Mark and I both, we have neither one of us ever, you know, downplayed the severity of an authentic disease. Uh, my own mother died with COVID, but not from it, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that is not what she, you know, uh, died from she happened she got COVID after she got in the hospital actually she was actually 97 years old right so, but the know. thing is and we've never downplayed we would never downplay someone's authentic suffering their illness we get that just like we've been compassionate with every other disease known to man the pneumonia flu strep you name it I mean the whole list and, and all of those things have their severity but at no time have any of those ever been used as a political football and as a training device to try to get an entire society to kowtow on someone's word. And it's astonishing to me just how quickly the Constitution was thrown into the ocean. And the science as, you know, keeps changing. Oh, yeah, the science is nothing but changing. <laughs> so, and here's another angle to look at. I 100% absolutely agree with you. So one of the key like cornerstone, like foundational beliefs as a prepper is that I will take care 
of myself and my family. We will take care of ourselves and not be dependent on someone else mm -hmm. or something else if this goes sideways. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the that's the the tenant, one of the, you know, the, the 10 commandments, one of them of being a prepper is that you will, you will be self-sufficient and take care of yourself. So in all of this COVID nonsense, and I agree with you, COVID killed, a, has, has killed a lot of people. And, um, I still, and I'm getting more research. I'm not, I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat here. It, it wasn't an accident. I, <laughs> We're yeah. in agreement on some yeah. things I'm here. just going to put that out there. I know that gets off in the woods a little bit, but our government has blood on its hands. Let's just put it that way. I don't ever, after what the behavior I saw from our federal government through all of this, I don't ever want to be dependent upon the government for anything after that. They showed their hand in this whole thing. And going back to kind of what we were talking about in the beginning, as a single parent, our single parents are conditioned. This is one of the re main reasons why I wrote my books. Single parents are conditioned to be dependent on government. Single moms in the hospital are given, hey, here's the phone number to call to get on food stamps. Here's the phone number to call to get your, to get your, to get your, to get your government mm -hmm. program stuff. We are programmed as single parents to do that. And it's so hard to get off of it. And the vision I saw, and you see this in every collapse, is, and you're starting to see it now, mothers who can't feed their children, what do they do? And other collapses that we've seen around the world, when mothers can't feed their children and there is starvation happening and you can't get formula, what do they do? They prostitute themselves. That is what they do every time. It's happened in Venezuela. Mm -hmm. I always say that wrong. <laughs> happened in Bosnia. Happens every time. Yeah. And sadly enough, we live in a country right now that refuses to look at the under ugly underbelly that we have of human trafficking that is 99% children trafficking. You can't tell me that that business is not going to boom if we continue to not make sure that our single moms know how to be prepped and know how to not depend on government. Because when this goes sideways, those will be one of the first horrible victims. And I, and I hit that pretty hard and pretty ugly in my book series. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're exactly right. You know, you can see that type. That's a historical fact. You can go back to every war, every societal conflict, every breakdown of a community, a breakdown of the family. And you see that, yeah, what remains is just the desperate act of desperate people and a government that's kind of stands in the corner, kind of snickering and laughing about it because they're like, well, Hate it for you. And we've seen how well the government manages other things. And they're asking yeah. us to be more dependent on an entity right. that cannot even manage. I mean, come on. Look at the VA hospitals. Look at Medicare. Look at Medicaid. I mean, the list goes on. And these are things the government does control. Look at health care. You can keep your doctor. It's so affordable. Everything is so cheap. Uh, no. And that's just yet another example of this is the government you're trying to rely on. And the government's wanting to force you to rely on them more by being able to tell you where you can go, who you can gather with, what, you know, the time limit you can do, where you can travel, where you cannot travel. It's going to get down to you're going to get rationed on your gas. You're going to get rationed on your you're going to get food cards. You know, you, oh, I'm sorry, you've already bought five pounds of flour this month. Hate it. 
That's what governments do when they're in control of you. And the blue notion of this panacea, you know, pie in the sky, everything's paid for, free this, free that. Nope. All the wealthy people will depart the nation because they can afford to, leaving the middle and lower classes to foot the bill, which we cannot pay. And now you've got this top tiered tyrants and then this lo- everybody else. And it's going to be Venezuela. It's going to be Russia. It's going to be China. And they just don't see it. And I see it clearly. I see if it keeps on the way it's going. I'm not so Good sure person. they don't see it. Well, I, 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 I'm going to share a tinfoil hat here with <laughs> Shelby on this now. I'm not sure that um, they didn't plan it this way. Well, it it, it does seem to be like a, it, it, there does seem to be something afoot here. And you can tell that when conservatives jump into the gap, it tears it up because conservatives will stop the foolishness. And they stop the bleeding of the money and they build the economies. And it obviously hawks, you know, liberals off because they are interfering with their plan to get freedom to go away and dependence to come to the fore. And that is why the fight for media and the fight for information and the fight to cancel and to take away channels and pages of people is such a fight. And the fight for the education system. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When we can't, when you and I can't stand up and say, this is wrong, this is wrong, and this is wrong, that's when we have a real problem. That's what's what's the OODA loop on Mm -hmm. the left right now, because they can't shut us up yet. They can't. And Mm -hmm. so we managed to, you know, throw a wrench in their system. Um, So I'll throw this out there. I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want anyone to get canceled here. Someone put a tinfoil hat on me recently. I'm going to reference um, a podcast to go listen to that it's going to blow your mind. If And he comes with the receipts of proof. His name is Dr. Artis, A-R-D-I-S, from April 11th, talks about the real cause of COVID and how it is not what you think it is. I'm just wow. going to put that yeah. out there. I don't, I'm not going to get into the weeds, but there's blood on the hands of government, Wow, big pharma, NIH, FDA, all of CDC and everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Just, just mm-hmm. follow the money. Yeah. yeah. Just follow the money, but follow But it's, it's not the virus you think it is. Seriously, go listen to it. And you're going to go. Wow-y. And I've listened to shows other than that one from Dr. Artis around it. He keep, cause he keeps talking about it and I, it, just, it makes my head hurt. But it just go. It, but again, going back to one of the original things that we talked about, I feel so good as a prepper that I, 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 we handled COVID correctly. We didn't take the shot. We suffered dearly through COVID. We we came out on the end and we're smarter for it. All of us. We need. I almost feel like. I was talking to Glenn about this. He and I need to do like an after action report on COVID now that we kind of have it all over. What did we learn? Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. learned that our government, like what you just said, Krista, wants to make us dependent and we actually have to fight against it. It's not just accepting the freebies that they give us. It is no, I don't. And you may have to sacrifice. Think about the people who lost their job because they wouldn't get the vaccine. You may have to take some pretty hard hits to stand up against some of this stuff. So that 
I think all of us need to stop and reflect. What did we learn over the last two years? The actions of our government, the actions that, that you know, how did our having a prepping mindset help us? And what do we need to think about going forward? Because it's not getting better. And I will say that I've been listening to a few here and there, celebrities, authors, uh, famous folks who are historically blue liberal. And the last 18 months may not have necessarily turned them red, but they're speaking freely and they're beginning to say things that sound disturbingly pleasant to me in terms of it's almost a way of they're they're agreeing that bunches of stuff is just dead wrong and that they realize after they've kind of come back and looked at the big picture, they now realize, I said, I've been fed a load of hooey on so many levels. And some of these, some of these traditional bluers, they're coming out and they're blowing some whistles. And I've got to say, I'm not sitting back going, well, I told you so I'm sitting back going, well, praise the good Lord that some eyes are, some scales are falling off some eyes and these people are, themselves are being threatened with the cancel and threatened with the, I will shut you up. And they, they're I, having to remember, Hey, wait, I'm an American and I have protected rights. And yeah. like, yes, you do speak up. You got to speak up. These socialist tyrants that run, they're a minority that run blue states and our federal government. They are uniting the people. And that never bodes well in our American history. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking about a group of people who themselves are not a military. And will they act like anything but a protective military. They're militant, but they're not a military. Yeah. And they're trying to even destroy the military, you know, to even not protect America. Exactly. And it's, it's. You know, the thing is, they used to, years ago, they used to hide these tactics. They're no. hiding, they're, they're right out in front for everybody to see. They have lost the ability to be embarrassed mm-hmm. or to hide their maliciousness. They've right. lost uh-huh. that chip. And they, yep. they will not ever, they will not, they will not admit they lie. They will not. There's always a truth in the middle of their lie somewhere in their mind. And they, mm-hmm. they, they're just not ever going to say, I lied to you, or I was given wrong information and lied to you, or whatever, because they cannot, they cannot humble themselves and say, I lied. And I, and, yeah. and there you go. I lied. Even it, when you present them with, with the absolute the data. evidence that they <laughs> lied, uh, you know, you've got them on tape saying one thing and they say, I never said that. Well, here's another yeah. thing that I've noticed the whole coin shortage. Mm hmm you know, theory. I talked to a banker. I figured, well, a banker would know. And my banker told me, he said, I don't know of a coin shortage. I'm not even sure where that came from. And I said, well, I, I think I've got an idea. I said, it certainly didn't come from the people who know about coins, but it does come from the people who know about how to get all of our money onto a piece of plastic, including the children. Have you seen the new kids, little savings credit card? Mm-hmm. In and of itself, not a bad idea. But when you go cashless and when you go full plastic, you are literally handing over the ability of some other entity to push a button and freeze you up. And who's to know, who's to guess what the criteria would be? And I I, I always look at the like overreaching 
overarching agendas on things. And I'm like, okay, they can shut you down for being a Judeo-Christian conservative. They can shut you down for being someone who refuses to use the wrong pronouns and wants to use the right ones. They can shut you down because of any weird, crazy idea that they have to shut you down. And the best way to control you is to take your money away and freeze it. And with it's, it, the, it's yeah. the social credit system. And this isn't mm-hmm. just hooey. You're not. Mm-hmm. That's what China does. If you don't say the right things on social media, if you don't buy the right products, you suddenly have this different um, monetary system that is not um, beneficial. Oh, yeah. We're this. You can't tell me. And it's based upon facts. Biden is pushing for a digital dollar. Mm-hmm. And as preppers, you need to be prepared for that. And um, there's a lot of podcasts and experts out there that will give you better advice than I can on that. But that's where we're headed. So if you're a prepper, we're headed towards a digital dollar. Hope not. Yeah. But with our current administration and two more years of this garbage yeah. and the, how hard they press for things, it could very well. You need to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Why, right now, the gazillionaires in the world are buying up gold and silver. There's your sign. Right. They can see it coming. Yeah. Right. And when things if they turn the heat up, though, on the super wealthy in America, who half their money's offshore anyway. So we know that all they have to do is jump on their yacht and they're out of town. And so they're gone forever and they can live on an ocean the rest of their life and never lose a wink of sleep or a penny. Um, yep. And the super wealthy will take all of their super wealth and leave America, you know, high and dry, because supposedly the super wealthy are supposed to, quote unquote, pay their fair share. And I think what happens too that's also a false narrative because most of these super wealthy are paying so much tax that, you know, they they do qualify for big huge gigantic refunds and they are the ones who are employing 10,000 people and they are the most philanthropic of a group of people because they have the means. But they're being viewed as oh, especially if they're not liberal. You know, you don't see anyone coming after a super wealthy liberal blue person. You you don't see Mark Zuckerberg being held out to dry over his paying of taxes. And I can promise you, he's got a couple of dollars. You know, Bill Gates, some of these people. It's only the ones that are perceived as selfish fat cats who, and these are people that uh, the, the ones accusing haven't done their homework. They don't know what they're talking about. Well, it's like Shelby, it's the same thing. It's like people who hate guns try to talk about guns. They don't know what they're talking about. They they just don't. They are so uninformed. It's ridiculous. And when you hear and see these people and they're getting a following because they're addressing more other ignorant people, then, you know, here's the groundswell. Yeah. And I yeah. want one of those rifles that shoots 30 clips a second. <laughs> right. 10,000 rounds. I know. Well, I mean, we laugh and we it's it's sad, really. If it, if it wasn't terrible, sad. so sad, it would be horrendously funny. But yet there, you know, here's the problem. It's a small fraction of people that are making the most noise. That but I believe just like with you and Glenn and with other podcasters, other friends, and there are quite a few, many, many thousands, tens of thousands more conservative, liberty-loving, constitution-supporting, citizens who have had a gutful and they're they feel a bit cowed in some of their states they're living in because they feel like they're going to get shouted out before they even have anything to say 
And so, you know, you just, everyone's got to decide for themselves and judge for themselves on what they feel like is the best way to go. But I think what you've said earlier, getting yourself out of a liberal progressive environment is job one. You know, that you just got to go live somewhere where you can be free. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We would appreciate it if you would share Practical Prepping Podcast with your friends, family, and your social media. The direct link is in the show notes. And as always, stuff happens. Stay prepared.